0: Welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. Welcome to the dozens and dozens of the KPS faithful. Welcome to any noobs that have found the path and are walking therein. Now it's time to buck up, buttercup, pull up your non-binary gender-neutral panties, look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, and doggone it, it's not the government's job to take care of me. Welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. Thank you for listening to Kevin's Podcast Show, and to the dozens and dozens of Kevin's Podcast fans out there, I certainly do appreciate you. Well, it's happened. It's happened. I expected it to happen a long time ago, actually. I'm kind of surprised it took this long, but it's happened. Guess what? Yours truly, well, I'm a racist. Well, that's what I've been told, anyway. Now, I want to be clear about this. This is something that's been told to me by somebody else. So, I didn't get first-hand knowledge of this. So, I'm not sure if this is a male or female, cisgendered, gender-neutral, non-binary human being or not. Whatever they are. They said that I was racist. They listened to, I think they, I don't know how many episodes they listened. I don't know if they listened to all of them, or some of them, or part of them, or one of them, or whatever, but they said that I was racist. Now, to be fair, maybe I've said some uh, off-color stuff, and maybe I was trying to make a joke, and maybe it fell flat, and I'm not making excuses, I'm just saying. So anyway, maybe they'll give us another chance. Maybe. So to them, I just want to say to whoever it was that thought I was a racist or for that matter, anybody that happens to be listening to Kevin's podcast show and you think that I'm racist, you are welcome any time you have an open invitation to come on this show and confront me and ask me whatever you want to ask me. I'd be more than happy to. It is an open invitation. Open invitation to anybody that thinks that I'm a racist. So... With that said, we're going to talk a little bit about race relations, and race things, and race happenings, and all those sort of things in the United States today. And one of the things I want to talk about is the face space on the old Facebook. I've got a friend on there. He's a black guy, and he absolutely hates Trump. I mean, he hates old Trumpy like they ain't nobody's business. And that's fine. I mean, it doesn't matter if he hates him. I mean, this is America. He can hate him or not hate him or support him or don't support him or whatever. That's fine. But anyway, I often respond to a lot of his... I'm using air quotes here. News articles. And I poke holes in them as much as I can. And not out of defense of Trump, because its I'm not... I just want everybody to know, straight up, up front, I'm not a big Trump guy. I like some of the things that he does. Some of the things that he does is fine. And, you know, the whole idea that, you know, he's uh, the economy's going good. He's breaking off uh, doing trade relation things in China, which is good. He's broke up the North American Free Trade Agreement, which is good. He got us the hell out of Syria, which is good. I mean, there's a lot of things that he does that I like. On the other hand, somebody probably should slap the Twitter feed out of his hand, but that's not the point. point is that I don't like the idea that somebody just gets blatantly labeled one way or another, such as the case that I was talking about earlier. Somebody's labeled me a racist, and I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But this guy on Facebook, he like I said, he's a black guy, hates Trump, that's fine. And he says that racism is rampant in America. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. I believe that racism exists in America, but to say that it's rampant, I think is a misnomer. So he gave me a quote the other day, and he said, because, let me give you a little backstory on this. First off, he was talking about lynchings in America, and and I don't remember if the whole conversation was started because President Trump used the word lynch, uh, lynch mob in in one of his tweets. That, that could have been it, but, you know, there's a lot of people got got butthurt over that, and then they found out Biden and a bunch of other Democrats called it a lynching whenever uh, Bill, Bill Clinton got impeached. And so, you know, anyway, the point being is that we were talking about lynchings and stuff, and I, he said that that between the years of 1863, which would have been right after the Civil War, up until 1963, when civil rights come about, basically that 100-year time frame, there were more, more than 4,000 men, women, and children, quote, that look like me, that were killed by Christians. Now... The actual time frame was actually 1863 to 1929, about the time the stock market crashed and Depression era happened. There was approximately one lynching per week during the uh, that time in the South. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just for clarification. But okay, I'll give him that 1863 to 1963 for a neat little 100-year package. So I said to him, and I was being a smart aleck, and, and, and he and I have been smart alecks with each other before. We—I mean—I don't dislike the guy. I'm just saying I dis- disagree with a lot of what he says. And, and to be fair, I'm not black, so I don't—you know—I'm not—I don't have his experience. But anyway, I asked him. I said, "When was the last time there was a lynching for Jesus?" "Yee hi." When was the last time there was a lynching for Jesus? Now there was a pause out of that. I don't remember how long it was. could have been an hour, hour and a half, whatever it was. I don't remember. And then he said, he posted a, an article. Um, He posted a, a link from, well, I'll tell you where it was from in just a minute. Anyway, he said that we, talking about black folks, let our guard down, and that a man named James Byrd Jr. was lynched. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell? When did this happen? come to find out it happened in 1998 21 years ago that's right 21 years ago they had a lynching so well there you go and guess who the president was 21 years ago in 1998 If you said, who is Bill, I got a blowjob in the Oval Office and lied about it because I'm the first black president who didn't inhale Clinton, then you are correct, sir.
1: I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky.
0: So anyway, he gives me this article. And it's about this James Byrd Junior guy that was lynched in nineteen ninety eight and it's from and I'm gonna to I'll put it in I'll put a link in the description in case you wanna go there. Blackpast.org. Blackpast.org. dot org and he finished it up with lest we forget. So evidently he thought he was giving me some kind of a major mm, I don't know. History lesson or something. But anyway, he go. He went on to tell me that somehow or another, this was all Trump's fault. Now, I don't know how that a, a lynching, you know, that's supposed to have been a Christian lynching, lynching for Jesus back in 1998, somehow or another is linked to Trump. I know what he was trying to do. What he was trying to do is that there was a seditious... A racist element in this country that's been going on for years and they've just biding their time until they could get into power and Trump was the man but I don't think that's true
1: Trump, Trump, the, fascist Trump.
0: Trump, Trump, the fascist Trump. okay I get it you hate Trump you hate Trump I get it I get it get it you hate Trump Really, I understand. It. You hate Trump. Okay. Okay. See, The only problem with hating Trump that much is that you don't understand the progress that's actually been made in my lifetime. It's been 53 years on this planet, and I've experienced quite a bit. Now, I'm just gonna say, whenever I was a kid, there was probably a, the N word thrown around a little too much. not going to say that wasn't true and i'm not going to try to look like some great white family or anything we didn't say the n-word in our family on my you know we just didn't didn't say what you know dad them colored people i'm not saying that that's right either because somehow or another you can call people people of color but you can't say colored people but he called them color people and i'm sure that was from the military we just didn't use the n-word it just wasn't a thing that we did But I will say that there was some stuff that went on back in the 70s that was pretty progressive. So, you know, the Jeffersons were moving on up to the east side. They had a deluxe apartment, and they had a maid and their neighbor was a white dude married to a black chick. He had a biracial couple in the 70s. That was going on back then. Things were changing, folks. Things were changing a long time ago, and as far as I can tell, things are just getting better and better and better. I mean, every other commercial that's out there these days has some kind of mixed racial racial couple out there of some kind. I've seen gay couples on commercials and stuff, and I'm going to tell you right now, these people wouldn't be putting them in commercials if they weren't moving some product with it. So, to say that that's not going on, and then every show from the 80s, in the, the 90s especially the 90s oh my goodness was diversification 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 every time they had to have a little asian kid to have a little black kid to have a little white kid and you know it, it that's been going on for a long time they've been indoctrinating us to accept diversity for a long time not that there's anything wrong with that that's not that's not a bad thing but what I'm saying is if that you're a racist in America, you ain't happy. Because America has full-on bore accepted interracial couples, racial couples, gay couples. It, it doesn't matter. We, we are accepting as a society now. So things have gotten a little bit better. And so, and, and lest we forget, to use his words, lest we forget... That Obama was elected, not once, but twice. He was a biracial, Muslim, possibly gay. We're not
1: gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course not. I mean, it's fine if that's who you are. Absolutely. And now everyone at NYU thinks I'm gay. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Now everyone's going to think we're gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that.
0: So you had Obama. Barack, which is a Jewish first name, Hussein, Muslim, middle name, Obama, which is a Japanese last name. Now, my question is, where were all these pernicious racists in 2008 and then again in 2012? Where were they? Were they hiding? Had they gone fishing? Were they lynching somebody on election day? Well, we're waiting. So why does the liberal media, Democrats, Antifa, leftist socialist, and Bill Maher... Can
1: I ask about the economy? Because this economy is going pretty well. I feel like the bottom has to fall out at some point. And by the way, I'm hoping for it because I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. Yeah. So please, bring on the recession. Yeah. Sorry if that hurts people. Right
0: none of these people cheer for the president to fail? Why do they cheer for our country to fail? Why do they do that? Why do they hate the president so much that they would rather see our country go to hell in a handcart than to see him be president? I don't understand. Well, maybe I do understand. I know that they're afraid that Trump's going to get reelected in 2020. If they don't impeach him, then they're going to lose. They know that. In fact, they've said it.
1: I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will
0: get reelected. That was uh, Representative Al Green from Texas, Democrat. So there you go. And I just. Well, it's just vitriol from the left. And the Democratic playbook nowadays is not ideas. It's Tear Down Trump 2020. Tear Down Trump 2020. That's all they can regurgitate from all sides. And the only people that are actually putting out ideas are people like Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. You're talking about Jimmy Yang. You're talking about Bernie Sanders and, to some extent, Elizabeth Warren. But they're all touting the same things, which is socialism. Free this, free that, free something else. But instead of having ideas, all they're doing is hurling insults because they want to just say, Trump's bad, Trump's bad. That's why you should vote for us. Trump's bad, Trump's bad. So they scream right off the bat Russian collusion. Then it was, the wall is racist. And then it was racism. After the Mueller report came out and nothing happened on the Russian collusion deal. Then it was, uh, racist, racist, racist. Everything's racist, racist. That's our keyword. That's our byword. And now, it's the new one, is the impeachment with the quid pro quo. Quid pro quo in Ukrainian. Well, I want to take a little aside here for just a second. I want to talk about this impeachment for just a second. Just a second. I just want to go over something that both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, both of them, they're just using this impeachment farce. They're using our tax dollars, our money to fight politically over who gets to spend our money. Impeachment is a colossal waste of time and money. Okay? Now, I'm gonna have to say that I know I've been beating a dead horse with this. <coughs> Easy, big fella. Easy. I'm done. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna digress on the whole impeachment thing. So, we were talking about racism. So, let's get back to that. Specifically, we were talking about whether I'm racist or not. Now, I can't defend myself. I just can't. Because you can't prove a negative. I can't prove that I'm not a racist. Somebody can label you a racist, but you can't prove it. I'm just saying that it's it's impossible to prove a negative. So... I don't have a defense. I really don't. But what I will say is that most racists, true racists in America, the true racists in America are either dead or they're dying. And you can ask Oprah that.
1: Generations of people, older people, who were born and bred and marinated in it, in that prejudice and racism, and they just have to die.
0: But... Racism does exist in America, and that is an ugly truth. But racism is not rampant. It is not pervasive. It is not common among the over 340 million Americans in this country. I mean, you can find examples of racism every day. But you can also find examples of child abuse, rape, Drug addiction. Murder. Here is a special report from
1: NBC News.
0: News flash from the news desk. There are evil people in the world. I know. Shocker, right? Crazy, right? It's crazy to think that there's evil people in this world. That there's people that diddles little kids and uh, has sex with dead people and animals and uh, does all kinds of weird... Bizarre stuff and have serial killers and things like that. It's crazy to think that we've got people like that. We also have racists in this country. That's just a fact of life. But they're not as pervasive as you lead us to believe, folks. It's not as it's not. I'm not saying it's not a problem. I don't want to put that word in my mouth, and I don't want people to say that that's not what that's that's what I'm saying because that's not what it is at all. What I'm saying is is that for you to tell me. That every single day, if you're a black man or a black woman or a black gender neutral or what I don't want to gender somebody. Oh God forbid I do that. But anyway, if you go out in this world every day as a black person, you can't tell me that every single day you find an example of racism. I just don't believe that. I just find that very hard to believe and for the examples I've already given you. So, you know, whenever you find racism out there with these evil shitheads that are actually being racist, then you should call them out on their bullshit. I have no problem with that at all. I just don't. So, you know, by all means, if you find somebody being racist, go ahead, call them out. Make sure that you let them know that you know that they're a racist. That's why that I have that open invitation here. You can if you're calling me out, then I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong, so I can either fix it and apologize or tell you that go to hell that you're wrong, so you know we'll agree to disagree, but America and trump they're not the racist that you would like for them to be, my friend. And the narrative that Trump and his supporters are racist well, that's just blatantly false, and it's purposefully inflammatory they do this because they know that there is no way to beat trump in 2020 unless they throw a label of racism or russian collusion or quid pro quo or something on top of it and if you believe all this stuff then you have drank the democrats grape kool-aid and yes that was a racist remark so now some will say that i have white privilege and that's why that I don't feel this, that, that I don't feel these same things that everybody else does. That's that's what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, you're white, so you've got white privilege, so you have no idea what it's like out there, and so you don't believe it. That's, that's what your problem is, is you're white, and you don't know the struggle. Well, all I've got to say to that is you don't know my struggle. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know what I did to get to where I am today. So you can't say that. And I don't believe in white privilege. I really don't believe in white privilege. So I didn't feel any white privilege. I know some people had it, man. You know, I knew some motherfuckers with sweaters. But I'll tell you what I do believe in. I believe that struggle and privilege don't have any color. I believe that if you're privileged, you're privileged, regardless of your race your ethnicity, whatever it is. If you're privileged, you're privileged. And if you're not privileged, you're not. And you don't know the journey of anybody. So rich folks have three things. They have power, prestige, and access. Power, prestige, and access that we don't have as regular folks. Because average folks, regular folks, what they have, their strengths are family, their health and work ethic. You know, if you, and and the key to that is family. If you've got a good family, it's intact. You know, you can work around the rest of it. But broken people, broken folks. These are these are the disenfranchised, the people that are out there on the fringes, and I see them all the time. I mean, my job is a paramedic. I go into communities where I see black people. And white people both that are drug addicted, that are uh, struggling in this life, they're on the struggle bus, if you will, you know? So broken people generally have these problems. They have absent fathers, they have drug or alcohol addictions, and they're financially ignorant. Now, I, I I don't know how to fix that, but I know that Throwing money at it is not going to fix it. That's 100% fact. These broken people are going to have a a much tougher time succeeding out there than anybody else will. See what I did there? Cultural appropriation. But broken people, they've got to overcome more to succeed. And there's lots of stories out there that you can that you can pick out, but none of that nothing no amount of any kind of a handout from the government is going to fix that in fact, whenever you give people handouts, it makes things worse and We've talked about this before on this podcast, and I believe this is a philosophy of life that if you start giving people free things they their their work ethic and their their um their intellectual muscles atrophy they don't try they become disenfranchised they they become uh disillusioned, if you will they, they don't want to be where they are because they're getting free shit and that makes you feel bad whenever if somebody gives me something, unless it's a, a really thoughtful gift. And I like really thoughtful gifts, so if you've got really thoughtful gifts you want to give me, go ahead and give them, but I digress. But if if somebody just gives me something, I feel like maybe there's a strings attached to it or something like that. I, I feel odd about it, I, and I'm sure if I were getting a check every month from the government for not doing a fucking thing on this planet and feeding my kids off the government's teat, then I'd feel bad, too. But it's all free, free, free. Ain't that right, Bernie?
1: Well, let's be clear that uh, I happen to believe, John, that in a democratic, civilized society, all people should be entitled to health care as a right. Yeah, I do believe that. So, yes, I do believe that public colleges and universities should be tuition-free.
0: Poor old Bernie. He's in his early hundreds. He looks good to be in his early hundreds. But... See, he, he talks about free, but it's not free because we have to pay for it. See, this is what I believe. I believe that it, this is something I do wish the government would do. I wish the government would hand out on the first day of kindergarten to every child that goes to the school out there a handheld mirror and then teach them a lesson that they need to look inside that mirror whenever they have a problem. Hey there, little Johnny. Where do you look if you have a problem? Uh, I know, teacher. I know. Uh, you don't look in the mirror. That's correct, Johnny. Very good. So here you go. I have a low-fat, gluten-free, vegan, sugar-free cookie fat salad. Just for you. So, let's go back to the beginning of the program. Am I a racist? I look in my mirror, and I don't see one. I really don't. And I'm the only one that can truly know, because I'm the only one that knows my heart. I used to know a man whenever I was a kid, and he used to say that in church. He would say, I'm the meanest man I know, because I don't know anybody else. And that's so true. So... I'm mean, but I'm good because I'm the only person that I know. So I look in the mirror. When I look in my mirror, I don't see a racist. So to the guy or gal or gender neutral, gender fluid, pansexual type person, whoever you are, and I'm just being facetious here, doesn't matter. I'm just going to say that to that person who said that I'm a racist, Again, the invitation is open. You can come on Kevin's podcast show anytime, and we'll talk about it. I'll be more than happy to talk about it with you. And then you can tell me where I was racist, and we'll talk about it. And if I was wrong, I'll admit I was wrong. But if it's just a matter of opinion, like if you just think that I was, you think that maybe I was inferring something or something like that if you just think i was maybe maybe just going down that road if you just think that it's probably not true you know sometimes you know a biscuit's just a biscuit that's just what it is and you don't have to put anything special on it no butter required sometimes it's just a plain old biscuit So if you just think that I was going down that road and trying to infer something racist or some kind of racist undertone, I think that you are wrong. But you're welcome to come on here and talk about it. Open invitation anytime. All right, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to go eat some fried chicken and have some watermelon.
1: He's to the 20. He's to the 25. 30, 35, 40. He's down the sideline, 50. I think he's going to (laughs) go. Leading off this week, is Alabama's season over? Seems in the polls, they think so. and both the polls, AP and coaches, they dropped a spot down to the five hole. Although they took care of Mississippi State handily 38-7, they lost their star quarterback, Tua Tunga Viola, to a devastating hip injury. Doctors can only describe his injury as a freak accident. One that is similarly seen in a car crash. It is known so far that he is out for the season and will possibly never put on the Tide uniform again. Currently, after his treatment and surgeries, he can only partially bear weight for the next six weeks. Bo Jackson suffered a similar accident 28 years ago was crippled by arthritis and eventually required a total hip replacement. Next week, the Tide roll into Western Carolina to play the Catamounts. I want to continue my shout-outs to my old high school in Mount Vernon, Virginia the Mount Vernon Majors. They went into the high school playoffs last week playing number seven, Falls Church, Justice Wolves, and at the half, they were cruising towards a victory with a 41-0 lead. Coach Fritz was allowed to rest a lot of the players in the second half, and they continued dominating by winning 41-13. This is the first playoff win in a decade for the Majors. Their 10-game winning streak continued, and they now go on to play number three, Lake Braddock, the Bruins. Coach Fritz states that this will be a dogfight, but I think it's a good matchup for us. We can hold on to the football and play smart. I really like this matchup for us. They have home field advantage, and we wish them luck. Good luck, Coach. Last week, Week 12 in the NCAA, Joe Burroughs threw for five touchdowns, leading LSU over Old Miss 58-37. Burroughs continues this trajectory He's the odds-on favorite to be hoisting the Heisman Trophy in December. Arkansas Razorbacks come into town to challenge him next, primetime ESPN game Saturday night. Ohio State remained undefeated last week, beating down the Scarlet Knights 56-21. The Ohio State may get their biggest challenge when number nine Penn State comes to town this week. It appears this may be the biggest game of the week. Could have impacts on all the polls and significantly on the playoffs. Both teams have their back against the wall and need to win. Can we say upset special? The Wake Forest Demons proved to be no match for Clemson. They fell to the Tigers quickly after scoring a field goal in the first quarter. The final score was 52-3. Clemson will remain 11-0 with this week off. CBS Sports came under heavy fire from social media during the Georgia-Auburn game. Late in the second half, with Georgia leading 7-0, to CBS announcer Gary Danielson awkwardly covered the sideline collision back of running back Brian Harrion and UGA photographer intern Chamberlain Smith. During the collision, Miss Smith was rendered unconscious and laid limp on the sidelines while the cameras zoomed in on her. During the commentary, Gary Danielson got every part of the incident wrong, even after being corrected. He incorrectly identified her as a player, then a man, and once it was made clear to him a second time that it was a female laying there unconscious with no one at her side immediately, he began to laugh and make reference to tough sideline hits. UGA players were visibly shaken. Both teams took a knee and the game came to a halt, while CBS decided for some reason to switch to a live rescue type of show my paramedic and firefighter colleagues got to her side, did emergency procedures to safely remove her from the sidelines. Ms. Smith did regain consciousness before leaving the sidelines by stretcher, where she was immediately taken to a local trauma center for treatment and evaluation. According to published reports, she was released Saturday night with a blackened eye and a concussion. I reached out to her for a comment. I was informed by the UGA Athletics Association that she is at home with her parents, focused on recuperating and recovering at this time. We wish her well and hope to see her on the sidelines soon. CBS has yet to comment on their coverage. Gary will be back calling the game on CBS this weekend. After the game came back to order, the Dogs handled business 21-14 over the Tigers. However, the controversy didn't stop there. Ending his postgame interview, Coach Kirby Smart yelled out in his excitement, how about them effing dog? Now that broke the net. T-shirt sales, unofficial and unlicensed, of course, are high. But we all know, especially you, Kevin, we answer to a higher power. Mrs. Kirby Smart made him publicly apologize Monday morning. Georgia plays Number 24, Texas A&M, at home Saturday afternoon. It's unknown if Mrs. Smart will be on the sidelines with a fresh bar of soap. The nation most likely will not be glued to their televisions to watch the Oklahoma Sooners play the TCU Horned Frogs. Although the Horned Frogs did have a good comeback last week against Texas Tech, 33-31, while Oklahoma barely squeaked by Baylor, 34-31. Jalon Hurt, may have wished he was back in Alabama at the moment, but he is still considered in the hunt for the Heisman Trophy. The two Pac-12 programs remain on a collision course for the conference championship game. The winner will likely go into the 14 playoff. This will break a two-year drought reaching the college football playoffs by the Pac-12. Utah stayed at number seven in the latest college football rankings after the Utes dominated the Trojans 49-3. Saturday in their last home game of the season. Now, the Utes get to play the Arizona Wildcats after they were beaten down by the Ducks last week. The Utes are favored by at least 24 points. The Utah Utes still remain one spot behind Oregon. They also stayed in the rankings at number six this week, while the Utes stayed at number seven. The Ducks defeated the Arizona Wildcats at home 34-6. This week, they are heavily favored over the Arizona State Sun Devils. The Sun Devils have nothing to lose, however, and coach Herm Edwards wants to be the upset game of the weekend. I haven't mentioned this team in a long while. My Underranked Vols are showing up on the sports betting pages as a lock for an underdog upset. The Vols are on a three-game winning streak, and the Missouri Tigers are picked to win over them. Pick the Vols, pick them big. Coach Pruitt may finally have the team steered closer to the correct direction. After a road loss to Iowa 23-19, Minnesota was the biggest loser in the polls this week, dropping three or four positions, depending upon your poll. They are headed to play the Northwestern Wildcats this week. Navy, the Longhorns, and the Hoosiers dropped off the AP poll, and we welcome Virginia Tech. The coaches' poll welcomed Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and San Diego State. College football poll dropped Texas Navy and Kansas State while welcoming the SMU Mustangs. The top 10 had very little movement between the three polls. This week, Clemson and Florida are both off. Until we meet again, same bat time, same bat place. As they say back in old Mexico City, AMF. Adios, my friend.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever wondered what it's like to be a paramedic or an emergency medical technician, or what they bitch about on a daily basis? Well, I've got just the show for you. It's the Shift Ender Podcast with my buddy Drew McSalty and his cohort, Marco Narco. They are some salty medics and EMTs. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you want to know what it's like, check them out. Shift Ender Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to an end kevin's podcast show season four episode 10 we're in double digits on this season so far so good probably take a break next week on thanksgiving i may give an abbreviated show on wednesday we'll see how that goes but that's what the plan is anyway i'll be in texas i may do a show down there if it if i do it'll be a mobile studio show and it won't be the full effect but you know i hate to leave you all hanging anyway so i guess this old racist is gonna hop off here Yes, that's me being facetious and a smartass, but, you know, I have been challenged. The gauntlet has been laid at my feet, and I'm picking the damn thing up, and I'm saying, come at me, bro, or sis, or whoever you are. Like I say, open invitation. So, for the unknown redneck, who should be back from vacation after next week, I guess he's gone to see some of uh, Starla Jean's family up in the Canadian Indians, in the Canucks, and uh, Jean-Luc... Renoir, uh, that's his son-in-law. He doesn't exactly know how to say the name, but anyway, you know, Starla Jean's pregnant, and we hope all goes well for her And as they're traveling and all that sort of thing. But anyway, I sure do appreciate you all listening, and uh, once again, thank you so much. Thank you for being here for me. Thank you for supporting me. I really do appreciate it, but we're going to hop off here until next week. It is... Deuces. And duck lips.
1: This is a testimonial for Tickle. The antiperspirant with the big wide ball. It's so effective at helping stop perspiration. So effective at helping stop odor. It's given people a unique way of saying it works for them. How do we know? If tickle wasn't
0: working, who'd be laughing? Staying drier is nicer with a little tickle.